Welcome to the Nation's Podcast. Coming up is a few message from Pastor John Mez. Let me talk to you about my car that I got for $1. I got this car and I bought it for $1. And this car was so lame, right, that it, its colour was poo brown. It was like an elephant had literally done the biggest poo on my car and then the colour had stained my car. It was like poo brown. But then I got my next car, which was a four-wheel drive. BJ40 Land Cruiser. It was sweet, man. It was so good, right, that I had this crash once. I couldn't stop in time. Went, in, went into the back of this lady, and I was like, oh, no, I crashed my car. And I got out of my car, and I'm like, this lady's like, she's like almost in tears. And I'm like, I am so sorry. And she gets out, and I'm like, oh, gosh, how much damage have I done to my car? So I went around, and I looked at my car, right? And, and the back of her car was like the imprint of my bulba. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, I had this big, her car was stuffed. And then I turned my eyes on my car, and then there was a bit of a problem because her paint was stuck on my car's bulba. So I scraped off her paint, you know, off my bulba. And my bull bar, my car was literally untouched. I was like, that's the type of car you want, you know? You're just driving into anywhere. As a matter of fact, my car was so hardcore, right, that there was times when I ran out of water in the radiator, right? And I was going down south, and I ran out of water in the middle of nowhere. And so I thought to myself, where's water? Water is in the valley. So I went across, and I walked into a valley, right in between Denmark and Warpole. And down there, it was like a marsh. It, well, there wasn't any water there, but it was like mud. And like I dug for like a meter. This is like before Bear Grylls was even born, man. And I dug, not really. But anyway, I dug. And then as I went down, there was this mud and I grabbed this mud and put it in my container and went back to my car and chucked it in the radiator. And it legit, my car worked after that. It was awesome. It was great. And then this one time... I remember me and my friend Feli, we cruised down south and we were going four-wheel driving. Four-wheel driving's the best, you know. And on the way there, we're going down this track and you know how there's bunny rabbits on the track? I was swerving for the bunny rabbits. These little rabbits and they're going around everywhere and I'm I'm like driving, four-wheel driving. And then my friend, oh, the bunny rabbits. So I go across, I swerve and I hit him. I hit him. I got out of the car because I felt really bad. It's one of those things that, you know, when you see like birds or stuff and they're flying across your car and you're like, you swerve to them, but then one time you actually hit it and then you actually feel bad. That was how I felt. And I got out of my car and I looked and there was the bunny rabbit and I'd driven over his legs. And he was like, oh, poor little bunny rabbit. He was like, it was like this. And I was like, oh no, the bunny rabbit. It's just. I fully just killed the bunny rabbit, the Easter bunny. I just killed him. And he's just gone like this. And so I was like, man, what, what, what do we do? What do we do? And so he grabbed the shovel and we bang! Took off its head. It was short. And it was sharp. It was more sharper than short, I think. Clean cut. Now that rabbit, rabbit was in two pieces, not one. 
We couldn't just leave it there and like snakes would eat it or something. You know what I mean? We, we, bang, it's gone. It's done. So as we're four-wheel driving, we made our way out and there was these sand dunes everywhere. And we're like, man, four-wheel drive heaven. So we're cruising out in this sand dunes. First time I've ever been four-wheel driving on sand dunes. And as we're there, four-wheel driving on the sand dunes, I'm just going flat tat, just going over the sand dunes with my four-wheel drive. Belly's like, Wee! You know, like Belly does. And we're going over, and we're like four driving, we're going 80 k's an hour, which was like basically the foot was flat to the floor. That's as fast as that car went. And as we're going up and down, all of a sudden, I see on the side, there's a drop-off on the sand dune. Like it goes, and there was a 15-meter drop-off straight down to the ground. I'm like, oh, no. And I see it, and I get enough time to just pull it across. And I pull the car across, and as I'm pulling it across, it starts to get bogged, and we stop adjacent to the drop-off, there's like 20 centimetres. And all of a sudden, as we stop, I'm bogged, and I can see the sand shifting off the drop-off. And the sand's like moving down. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. And so I quickly go, and I put in a first gear, and I realise that I'm not even in full drive. I'm like, oh, crap. And, and you know, it's not like one of the the cars, the full drives that we have now, where you put, put a press a button, and then all of a sudden, it goes into full drive. You have to get out of the car. And you have to, like, lock in the hubs. And so I'm like, ah! So I quickly ran out. As I ran out, I'm, like, locking in the hubs. And the sand's, like, passing away quickly over to the other side, locking the other side. Come back. And I'm, like, get in my car. Quickly put it in low, four, bang, first gear. And we started to get out. And then as we got out, we got around. And then I just, I just stopped. I was just, like, I was shaking. I was just, like, we're still alive, Feli. And he's, like, uh-huh. It was awesome. And then I found out that in some sand dunes, there's times when you go down sand dunes and you can actually no longer go the way you came back. And so we're stuck at the end of the sand dunes and we found ourselves stuck. We couldn't get back because we'd like been down this steep, steep slope. And we looked back and we couldn't fall drive back up it. So we, we had to go to the end of the sand dunes. As we went to the end of the sand dunes, the tracks ran out and everything ran out and just went straight into bush. So we ended up going off the sand dunes and just bush bashing over trees and over like all these shrubs. And it was like this big and we're like driving. We're like, woo. And then all of a sudden as we're getting deeper and deeper into the bush, the trees start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I'm like, it's cool. We'll just like fall drive up to the top of the hill and I'll get on top of the, the roof and I'll try and find out where the track is. And you know what? I got out and got out on the top of the roof. I couldn't see a track. And man, the, the thing is, is that sometimes we find in life that we make it into areas in our life and all of a sudden, where we've got, we can't actually get back. We, 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 we try and look out and we go, man, how do I get back home? How do I get back safe? And so anyway, what you do in that situation is you keep on going. So we just kept on dra- driving where the sun was setting, because we're on the west coast, so we'll hit the ocean. So we just kept on driving, kept on driving, kept on driving, and we eventually came to this track. And when we got to the track, I got out of my car and I kissed the ground, because it's great to see a track when you don't know any track. And so as we were there, and then we drove back, and we're at the campfire, and I love campfire. Who loves marshmallows on the campfire? They're the best. And as we got there, we started to talk, and there's this question that we all have, is... How does God speak to you? How does God speak to me? How does God speak to us? 
And like, haven't you ever asked that question to yourself? Like, how, God, how do you speak to me? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, pick up the phone. Turn to your other neighbor and say, pick up the phone like they're going to die if they don't. I want everyone to say, pick up the phone like a girl. Pick up the phone. Joy, don't look at me like that. I want everyone to say, pick up the phone like a boy. Pick up the phone. And now I want you guys to say it like an Asian. Pick up the phone. That is the title of my message. Pick up the phone. We all have phones. We all have phones, right? But how do we pick up God's phone call? How do we actually hear God in our life? Right, we're going to find out how we hear God from our life. Everybody, open your Bibles. Who's got their Bible here? Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 3 verse 1. All right, are you ready? 1 Samuel 3 verse 1. It says here, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly... The Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. And he goes up to Eli. Eli's basically the boss dude. And he goes up to him and goes, Yo, what is it? What do you want? And Eli, he's like sleeping. And this dude, this young, like little, little tacker, has just woken up Eli, which is the boss. Let me tell you, man. How many times have you woken up your mum? Right? And it's just bad. Like, like they're like, they're like, they're ticked. They're like, why did you wake me up? And you're like, um, there was someone outside, I think. Who's done that? You know, you're waking up your folks. And what do they say? Go back to bed. This is the exact same, right? So here we are. So Samuel said, what is it? He got up to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. That's, that's my Lord. And, and Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Imagine if you did it the second time. You know your folks start to get angry when they do that. But then again, so Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone says again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said. You see, right here, I want to pull out a couple of things out of the Bible and out of how God speaks to us. Because Samuel was an ordinary boy. And the first thing I want want you guys to note in your head is to pick up the phone 
you need to realize to pick up the phone when God can talk to you is you need to realize that God doesn't just talk to the somebodies, he actually talks to the nobodies. Yeah? You see, Eli, he was the boss, man. He was like, man, you know your leader? And you know, you know, like, I guess Pastor Ken, he's our senior pastor. He's the boss, man. He's like, he's like in our church, he's the man that runs it, you know? And God speaks to him and all that. And that's just like Eli. He was the, the priest. But then Samuel was just the water boy. He just went inside the temple and he sort of like filled up the lamp oil. You know, he was like the water boy. He did, he did the stuff that no one else wanted to do. And you know what? Samuel, he was a guy that, in matter of fact, he was never, he actually found himself, let me start again. His mom, right, she couldn't have kids. She couldn't have kids. It's pretty bad, you know. And, and, and anyway, she went to the temple of the Lord. She said, God, give me a son. And then a year later, Samuel was born, right? And then after a couple of years, it says when Samuel was weaned. I don't know what weaned means, but let me tell you, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like the big chop, you know, weaned, weaned. But then I looked it up, right, because I wanted to find out what actually weaned means. And it means he was now eating solid food. So before Samuel was, people got me here, and now he's not doing any, he's actually eating proper food. So before, he was, you know, I was living with this, these guys, right, with my youth pastor, and when I was there with him and his wife, she became pregnant, she had a kid, and when she had a kid, I saw something on the table which looked like a Darth Vader mask. And I was like, And as I saw it, and as I was like, hey, what's this? Look, I am your father. She said, that's my breast pump. I was like, do they even exist? When you have babies. It was bad, man. It was really bad. There's some people, and that all went over your head. And that's okay, because we're going to keep you innocent tonight. But there's other people that are laughing, and you got me. So let me tell you, here we have. Samuel is no longer, all right, no longer. He's now in solid food, and, his, and, and literally his mum gives him, all right, to the temple, and he's the guy that just does anything. Let me tell you guys in this place that you think God can't speak to you because you're a nobody, but let me tell you, God speaks to nobodies. But let me tell you, how does God speak, all right? God speaks differently to each and every person in in like a different way, all right? So let me tell you, the language of the physical, so right now you're hearing me and I'm talking to you and you're hearing me with your ears, right? But with God, it's a little bit different. With God, He speaks to us in our hearts. He speaks to us through emotions and feelings. Check this out. This one day, we were like cruising to this like big youth meeting and all that, like it was going to be awesome. And on the way there, I was seven years old and on the way, I said to my mum, Mum, I really feel like we should stop 
past my brother's friend's house. We've never done this before in my whole entire life. My mum's like, serious? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And she's like, because I had that same feeling like half an hour ago. And literally, we went, we drove past their, 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 their house. When we went there, we talked to them and, and, and we're like, hey, do you want to come with us to this like, this sweet like church rally thing? And they're all like, really? Because the last half an hour, we are wondering whether to go or not. But now you've asked us, we're going to go. They're flashing us. Literally, I was seven years old and God speak to, spoke to me. And you see, God speaks to us through different ways, all right? So sometimes he speaks to us through visions and through plans and gear like that. Other times he speaks to us through pictures. When we close our eyes, we go, God, speak to me. And all of a sudden you have a picture of maybe who you're going to be or what you're going to do. And other times God will speak to you through prophets, through other people. And God will say, hey, look, there's... God really wants to use you in this way or this way. God also speaks through healings. Dylan, where's Dylan? Do you remember when we prayed for your knee? We prayed for Dylan's knee. What, what was wrong with it? The one in there. Remember in the vault when we prayed? What was wrong with your knee? Yeah, that's right. So I used him as a skit, and then he hit it, and then it wasn't working. And we prayed for him the next week, right? The next week or a couple of weeks after. And then literally, Dylan was healed in the name of Jesus. He was healed. It was like, bang, it was working. We didn't, we didn't have a doctor. We had Jesus. It was awesome. And it was like, it's good as new. And you know what? We need to, we, we, we need to pray for him as well, again, because he needs another healing. Is it the same knee? Same knee. But you see, he speaks to us through healings. God also speaks to us through, through situations and promptings. But right now, I believe that God wants to speak to every single person in this place, but if we'll pick up the phone. We're always like, God, how do you speak to us? And if we can have the band up here, the worship team. Sometimes we've got to stop talking and we've got to start listening to God and opening up our heart. And let me tell you, in the Bible it says here, in, in Revelation 3 verse 20, it says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door, I'll come in and we'll share this meal together as friends. You see, let me tell you, Jesus is always knocking at the door of your heart. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is and you've never heard of him. But let me tell you tonight, that I would love to introduce you to a man called Jesus. And he is not just a man, but he's also God. He was 100% God and 100% man. And he died on the cross for each and everybody's sin. You know, we've all done, we've all stuffed up. Who here is stuffed up, yeah? We've all sinned, yeah? We've all lied. We've all told a fib. We've all stolen our friend's pencil at school. Yeah, you have. But let me tell you, is it in this place, is it Jesus died for everything that you've done wrong? And you know what? He can take all that away in the name of Jesus. Awesome. You know, let me tell you the story. You may not know, I remember being in youth ministry, right? And youth group sucked. Legit. It was so boring. We didn't have any of this sweet, like, mountains and stuff, pulling stuff off. 
What we had was we had an egg and we had a spoon and we're walking around with an egg and a spoon and most of the time we didn't even play any games it was bad but let me tell you is that I remember coming and I remember this one moment in my life when the first time I'd smoked a cone marijuana was when I was in year six my dad passed away he actually committed suicide he jumped in front of a train when I was three months old that I lived my life with me my half brother and my mum in a Holmes West house on no money whatsoever and I remember when I would see my mum we didn't have enough food for my mum to eat some nights as well so my mum would go without so we could eat and I remember being in this place in school and I'll go to parties and I'll go do that because when I did that there'll be something that I'll feel sort of like cool for that moment but then I'll go back home and I'll go back to normal and I remember crying myself to sleep going man there must be more to life there must be more than this and I remember going there and I was failing every single subject in my school they found out that I was dyslexic that I had a reading age in year 9 Alright, in year nine I had a reading age of a, year, a of a seven-year-old. True story. And then they found out I was lactose intolerant. I couldn't drink milk. And then they said, problem upon problem in my life that I'll never be. I remember teachers telling me, John, you'll never be anything good. John, you'll never make it in life. John, all you do is all you do is disrupt my class. I remember my mom saying, man, you're just like your father. I remember people and then what they spoke over my life. And maybe you know what that feels like too. Because everyone tries to speak over your life. Negativity and stuff saying you're nothing. You're nobody. But you know what? There was a time when I was in a youth group. And man, I felt God say, hey, you are somebody. You are somebody. To everyone else, I was a nobody just like Samuel. But let me tell you in this place that you may feel like a nobody, but God looks at you and he says, you are somebody, you are somebody, you are somebody. And you know what? That he died on the cross for you as he died on the cross for me. And there was this time when I said, Jesus, if you're real, show me. Show me. Show me you're real, Jesus. If you're truly real, if all this is real is what if what that guy's talking about on the microphone is real show me and I said this I said God I'm going to come up the front I don't even know what that dude's talking about but I'm going to walk up to the front and God if you show me that you're real I will not take any more drugs or anything like that that I will live for you no matter how much I get paid no matter what happens I'll do I'll live my life for you and that moment right there right I said, God, if you don't show me you're real, that's it. I'm going on harder drugs. I'm going to party harder. I'm going to go harder. And you see, as I started to walk up the front, it was like electricity zapped me. As the time I got up the front, it was like the what I know now is the power of God. And I started shaking. And I started crying. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like shaking, right? And then I'm like, all right, God, you're real. You're real. You can stop now. 
and he kept on going. It was crazy. I'm like, all right, God, you can stop now for 20 minutes. And you know what? It was like chains fell off my shoulders and like things that people said and all that. And you know what? I went home. I broke all my CDs. I, I went home and I just said, no, I want, I'm not going to listen to any secular music anymore. I'm going to listen to like flipping awesome Christian music. And I remember then going into my fridge and grabbing a liter of milk. I haven't drank milk for three years. And I sculled a liter of milk and I said, God, I'm healed. And I was healed. Bang. I could drink milk from that moment on. That's the power of God. And let me tell you that God wants to speak to you. He wants to move through. It might be a feeling. It might be something. It might, you, you might feel like chains are falling off your shoulders, like there's a cage in your heart and it's opening. But let me tell you that Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks and he wants you to let him in. It's true. Thanks for listening to Nations Podcast. You can find more information at www.nationsyouth.com.